Mein Name ist Bernhard, für die Leute, die nicht Lekker um jullie te sehen. What is a house? Stay, live. Yes. Dictionary definition. It's a building for human habitation. Simple. So we learn two things from this definition. That it's a building. So it's something that's made, constructed, built. So it could be a tent from animal skins, could be a cave dug out in a mountainside, or a more modern structure today. We've got bricks and mortar. But it's a building somehow that is built. And then the second thing is, it's for habitation. So it's a place to live in, to make a home in, to dwell in. So who still remembers your geography lessons? The four basic needs of a human being. I don't have clothing, but I have uh, food, water, air and shelter. Food, water, air and shelter. Yeah, you can go around naked. I mean, Adam and Eve did. So, I don't know if you really need clothing, but um, <laughs> but at least you need a place to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so it's a little bit echoey. Can you guys hear me? Okay, cool. So for us humans, a basic need for us is shelter, right? So without shelter, we will not survive. Now, God does not need a house, but he chooses to have a house. He chooses to have a house among those that he loves. Thank you. That is a bit donker. Moest my font a bit groter gemaakt het, toe ek die notes geprint het. Ek wil inzoom, maar dit werk nie. Thank you. So, God doesn't need a house, but He wants to live with us. He chooses to have a house with those that He loves. So, looking at the Old Testament, where did God have a house? That's a question to you. In heaven, but that's not only the Old Testament. He still has a house there. So, I'm... On the earth, where did God have a house on earth? In the Old Testament. Hmm? So way in the beginning, God had a house in a tent. It was called the tabernacle. Okay. So as the Israelites were walking through the desert for 40 years... He gave instruction for a tent to be pitched outside the Israelite camp, and that was his house. So that's where the priests met God, that's where his presence was, um, it always followed the Israelites, and it was also called the tent of meeting. It's the same thing, the tabernacle, the tent of meeting. So that's where God chose to make his house, way back when. Then the Israelites went and settled Canaan. As God promised they would. And along came King Solomon. And what happened then? 
Solomon built a massive temple. So that was built with brick, mortar, all kinds of amazing stuff like um, lumber from, I don't know, all over the place, gold, bronze. It was very opulent. That was God's house in Jerusalem. So it was a physically built house where God resided among those he loved. So inside both of these, the tabernacle and the temple, like I mentioned, there were priests. People appointed by God, later the tribe of Levi, the Levites, and they served God. They ministered to God, they worshipped God, and they were hearing from God in the temple. <clears throat> so that's where God revealed his will for the nation of Israel. So we see something of God's design for the temple and the priests. Number one is God desired to live among the Israelites because he loved them. Number two, he first had a temporary temple and then he had a permanent temple. And number three is God appointed priests, people to love him and serve him in his house. So do you guys think that that is still God's design today or did anything change? How it worked out changed, but God's design didn't change. It is still God's design to have a house among those he loves. Do you guys know that? Didn't change. It is still God's design to have priests ministering him to him, loving him, serving him in his house. Do you guys know that? Can I get an amen? <laughs> cool. So how does that look for us today? Anybody want to venture a guess? So we don't have a physical temple. We don't have a physical structure. Well, we do, but it's not what I mean. We don't have the temple. So that's been lost long ago. We don't have Levites, people that are especially called to serve in God's house. So how does that work out today? Where is God's temple? And who are God's priests? Okay, well, that's it. Oh, okay, my preach is done. <laughs> okay. You guys are correct. But let me prove it to you in scripture. At least. At least I need to read like one or two scriptures, right? It's not my own story. It's not made up. So through the death and resurrection of Jesus, this is important. When Jesus died and was resurrected again, God changed from the old temple and the old priests to the new temple and the new priests. Still a temple, still priests, but the picture looks different now. 
Take it away, John. Ephesians 2, verse 22. In him, you also are being built together. Speaking to the Ephesian church, all the believers. He wasn't speaking to one person. John, you are being built. It is the collective you are being built together. It's not one person being built together. That would be weird. There is no together in one. Everybody, all the believers being built together into a dwelling place, a house for God by the Holy Spirit. So do you see it there in Paul's words? The temple is no longer a what? And it is no longer a where. Where is the temple? It's a who. Who is the temple? And who is the temple? We are. So let's get a little bit more detail on how God builds the new temple. It's 1 Peter 2 verse 4 and 5. 1 Peter 2 verse 4 and 5. As you come to him, a living stone, rejected by men, but in the sight of God, chosen and precious... You yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house, as the temple. To be a holy priesthood, ha, priests in God's house. To offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus. Through Jesus. So there's still a house, still built with stones. Still priests. The priests are still called to serve, love, worship Jesus. Design is exactly the same. It's never changed. It's always been God's design, always been God's plan. So let's just quickly unpack these verses into four points. Get a little bit more detail. Point number one. John, you can actually just yeah, keep the, those two verses up there while I speak. As you come to him, a living stone, rejected by men, but in the sight of God, chosen and precious. So we are called to come to the living stone. Who is the living stone? It's Jesus. The New Living Translation of this exact verse says the following. You are coming to Christ, who is the living cornerstone of God's temple. So that paints a bit of a different picture. You're coming to Christ, 
who is God's, of the cornerstone, the living cornerstone of God's temple. So the living stone is Christ. <clears throat> Excuse me. And Peter says that Jesus is the cornerstone in God's house. So what is a cornerstone? The definition of a cornerstone. And this is a plain old definition of a plain old cornerstone in a plain brick and mortar building. It's nothing spiritual. But hear this. The cornerstone is the first stone set in the construction of a masonry foundation. Is that not Jesus? Is he not the very first stone set in the new temple that God is building? The definition continues. He's the first stone set in the construction of masonry foundation. All other stones. All other stones. Will be set in reference to this one stone. Thus determining the position of the entire structure. And that's just the definition of a plain stone sitting in the corner there. But how does that apply to Jesus? Can you see Jesus in this definition? Can you see your part in this definition? Hundred percent accurate of Jesus, the first stone laid in the new temple. I want a squirrel, but I'm gonna leave that for later. So we need to come to the living stone. Point number two is you yourselves like living stones. Are you a living stone? What happens when we come to Jesus? We changed forever. Ephesians 2 verse 1. Ephesians 2 verse 1 says, And you were dead in trespasses and sins. What do we look like before we come to Jesus? Dead. We are dead outside of Jesus. And then Ephesians 2 verse 5. The same sentence starts with God in the previous verse. So God, even when we were dead in our trespasses, He made us alive together with Christ. So if we come to the living stone, we ourselves become living stones just like Jesus. Point number three. You display those previous verses in 1 Peter 2 verse 4 and 5. Thanks, John. Thank you. 
are being built up as a spiritual house. That completes the picture. We are the living stones that God is building into his house along with his son, Jesus. So before there was a physical temple and now we are a spiritual temple. Ephesians 2 verse 22, just I've read that before, reading that again. In him you are also being built together into a dwelling place for God. So the unity of all of us believers together, this is the dwelling place of God. Only seven more pages to go. So if you stop to consider what we've learned so far, isn't that just the most incredible, incredible privilege to be built into the same house as Jesus? He is the cornerstone. He's right next to us and we're built on top of him. We are aligned with him. All the stones in this building is aligned with Jesus. And together with all of us, we are counted as, and we provide a dwelling place for God. Who doesn't want to say they are a dwelling place for God? I mean, raise your hand if this morning you say, I do not want to be a dwelling place for God. I hope I'm not seeing any hands on this question. We want to be a dwelling place for God. We want to be a people where God dwells. We want to be a people where people outside look at us and say, Wow, they are a people where the presence of God dwells. And point number four. To be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Priests. So who are the priests in God's house? I said it earlier, we are. We are God's holy priesthood. We are to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God we are to love him to worship him to bring praises and offerings to glorify his name to tell the world there's that song tell the world so yeah now I'm also going to think about that song Um, moving along tell the world that Jesus is king we are holy priests in the house of God we carry God where we go wow wow this whole picture just blew my mind 
And I've read this verse many times. I mean, I've read 1 Peter a couple of times. I've read through the Bible. Isn't it just amazing how God, at the right time, for the right season, highlights something, just births it in your heart. So I was mulling over these verses for like weeks. So as God unpacked this for me during the week that I was prepping for this message, and I was praying about this message, God revealed this design that He had that we are part of. We are part of this design that started thousands of years ago with the Israelites in the desert with the first tabernacle that they carried around. And if you think about that picture, and if you go and read it in Exodus, I think it's Exodus 25 that talks a lot about the tabernacle. I may be wrong, so don't quote me on that. Google it. If you read about the tabernacle and what happened in the tabernacle, and how Moses met God in the tabernacle, you guys remember that when he came out, he had to wear a veil because his face was shining because he encountered God. We are part of that. That same tabernacle and that same God is now here. So we are the new temple. We can encounter God like that if we are expectant. He is here today. He says where two or more are gathered in my name, there I am. I'm totally off my notes. Let me just pull myself back towards myself here. So that's God. That has been God's design all along. And today we are part of that. So the heart of this message, I'm sure you have, when the Holy Spirit has highlighted, hopefully, many things in your heart. But something important to remember is that we were not made to fly solo. I mean, come and find me afterwards and argue with me now that you've read those two verses. Argue with me that we were made to do this alone. I dare you. Because I've got scripture to back me up. We were not made to fly solo. God didn't design us to operate in isolation. We were never meant to walk alone. It has always been God's desire and His design and His great delight to dwell among those that He loves. If you think God loves you, will you put up your hand now? If you don't put up your hand, I will really like to chat to you afterwards. <clears throat> Sounds like a joke, but I am really serious. If you aren't there and you haven't met Jesus, I'm going to give you a chance now, but I would really like to talk to you because God loves you. He loves you. He loves you. He wants to come and make a home in you. 
And he wants to come and make a home of you, build you into his temple. Off my notes totally. So, us being together fulfills the design that God has had for centuries, millennia, thousands of years, not millions, but thousands of years since creation. That has always been God's plan. And God dwells in the unity of us fellow believers when we are being built together into a spiritual house for God. That was the landing. So, if you've heard me speak this morning of being dead outside of Jesus, but alive in Jesus, and you don't know Jesus, you may not feel alive, you may not feel part of Do you want to make a decision to follow Jesus this morning? If there is anybody, you can, guys, all close your eyes for this part. And if there is anybody that is really feeling to make a decision for Jesus this morning, to come to the living stone and be made alive, to be a part of the temple that God is building, would you raise your hand so that we can pray with you. And then for you, I take it the rest of you know Jesus. you have been made alive in him you have come to the living stone and you yourselves like living stones have you been walking alone have you been flying solo or have you allowed God to truly build you into his temple Since that is his design for all of us. Do you truly feel a part of what God is building? Are you a part of the dwelling place of God among his people? I would say stand if you want to make a choice this morning. Even if you have made the choice or if you haven't made the choice yet. To truly be a part of what God wants to do with your stone in his house. If you truly want to submit yourself to what God wants to do for you. Will you stand this morning and let me pray with you?